This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, principal second violin and artistic administrator, Marwin Sue, and the TSO's marketing director, Felicia Canny. We also have a very special guest with us today. That is the principal harp of the TSO, Nancy Lendrum. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. You are yours, a, a Toledo special. Symphony Lab newbie. Yeah, your well, first here, time. I've listened in the car many, many times. I'm so sorry. Many times. No, <laughs> it gets me home from downtown Toledo. Uh, well, there you the go. See, demographics right there. Mm-hmm. There you have it. We Drive have a, a loyal listener. In now the we're form up to of, seven. <laughs> now we're up to seven, yes. Not counting us, of course. Now we're up to three. Yeah. So this is our final podcast. This is the final one for the season. Uh, this is number 39 since last September. The, Lucky 39. The, the time has just flown by, don't you think? I don't know how we're going to have our weeks without it. So we're yeah. going to have like 12 or 13 just empty, meaningless weeks. In oh, that's okay. We'll go into repeats. We'll go into repeats. And actually, what we're, part of what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to have kind of a retrospective. I asked... Three of you to give me your favorite moments from previous uh, previous episodes, and so we'll sample some of those. It's fun that Nancy is here because she can sort of be, you know, lend us a, a fresh ear listening to these, and you can sort of give a thumbs up or a thumbs down to the clips that they've chosen. But I'm going to sprinkle them throughout the episode today <laughs> because we're we're here also to talk about summer and and summer vacation. Although it's not really vacation for a lot of you, I know that you're. You're busy. You're doing things. And Nancy, you have a lot of stuff going on this summer. Zach, do you want to take the lead on this as far as uh, TSO summer activities? Give us a little rundown. Well, you know, orchestras kind of run into the same semester schedule that schools do. But uh, come summertime, the idea is that um, some may think that we just sit around and don't touch our instruments and we forget about music. But uh, musicians remain very, very busy through the summertime. Um, And and this year is no different. We've we've announced that we're going to be doing a very special Fourth of July performance at Promenade Park. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will be the soundtrack of Toledo. Uh, The concert will be broadcast uh, on the radio. Anybody in a boat or on a rooftop party will be able to hear the orchestra performing uh, along to the fireworks. Yeah. So that'd be really exciting for us. Nice. Yeah. That sounds like fun. And, you know, we will we'll be at the zoo for our standard uh, season of music under the stars. And we'll be down at the professional building, our headquarters, doing a really neat educational summer series, everything from flute camps, uh, learning how to play the violin, relearning how to play the violin, a great chamber camp for ages 10 and up, and uh, many different offerings there, including um, music and movement for toddlers. There's also a really great adult class called uh, Music 102. Merwin, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, it actually involves three of the people who are who are here. Um, we decided to take inspiration from one of the great cinematic classics, also one of those great cinematic classics that involves classical music, the movie Face Off with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, are we talking about the same thing? We totally are. And um, what we're how we're structuring each of these classes is this sense of a composer face-off. I thought it was a cage match. 
Oh, oh well, yes, a Nicolas Cage match. There we have it. There we have it. Uh-huh. So we're taking composers and squaring them off one against the other, and we're we're using that as kind of the entry point to be able to explore a whole bunch of different types of concepts. But for instance, um, we'll have Brahms facing off against Shostakovich in this entertaining face-off, and we'll talk a lot about the intersections of symphonic and chamber music, the use of secret codes in music, all of these neat things that both Brahms and Shostakovich did, and and Nancy is going to be doing Tchaikovsky versus Stravinsky. I Which think- one are you, Nancy? Are you Tchaikovsky or Stravinsky? I'm representing Tchaikovsky, but hearing this, I have to completely change my approach. <laughs> oh, it's much... You, it's, first of all, you desperately need to watch Kate, um, Face oh, Off. Face it's extremely I, important. Yeah. There's totally, no way you can do this presentation. I, wait, but do they, are will. they supposed to switch faces or what? Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's Really? Yes. Like well, the entire... It, it's a, it's a real you're, side you're taking this a little far. Yeah. So, Nancy, you haven't been in the studio before. You're doing a lot of eye-rolling. You don't realize that this is kind of how it works. You know, that's the eye-roll yeah. seat. Yeah, but you said that you listen to the show. If you listen to the show, then you know. It makes sense. But see, she listens to it. She listens to it after we've edited it to make sense. But I just want to say something here. This whole idea of the cage match and and face-off, that's kind of fun. And it's a great segue into what I talked about earlier. I want to bring back some of our, you know, favorite magic moments. Uh, Actually, I have some music to to, uh, accompany that. Here we go. Another thing I can't do, whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that explains so much. Yeah. Okay, so magic moments. Some of our favorite moments over the past 38 episodes. And we're going to start with uh, the composer and uh, emperor face-off here. This came from uh, our third episode, right? I believe we were talking about Beethoven's Eroica and the whole story about Beethoven dedicating Symphony Number no. Three to Napoleon, and Bob Clemens came in and did that <laughs> wonderful dramatic yeah. piece. A great skit. Let's listen to it. Are I told we... you there'd be harps. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> I am Napoleon, and from now on I shall be your kind and generous leader. Together, we shall establish a grand république. We shall rival the wonders of the ancient Rome. Liberté, égalité, fraternité, forever. Yay! That's where that came from. I am Beethoven. I admire your democratic values. In fact, I shall dedicate my third symphony in your honor, and even write your name on the front page. B U O N A P A R T E Bonaparte. <laughs> Napoleon here. You know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> I am no longer first consul. I am now first emperor of France. Yay! <laughs> him, he is just like all the others. Well, forget it. I shall banish his name from the score forever. Yay! <laughs> Gotten Himmel. <laughs> See, hey, you could be a you be a good Beethoven as well. I just I, I'm remembering when we recorded that Bob did all of the Bonaparte first, and then yeah. he went back and did all of the Beethoven, Beethoven and then yeah. we merged them back and forth. Together. Yeah, now you're giving away all of our secrets. I just remember that's laughing. How we at the make time. the radio because yeah. his Beethoven how came out Beethoven. very much like you know Sprockets, <laughs> Dita, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and it, it was okay. It worked fine. I, I was disappointed that we didn't get Bob back in here this season. I think, you know, maybe in future 
in the future sometime we'll bring him back in. We have to find the stories that we want to bring to life. Classical music is full of stories. Chock full of stories. And weird voices. Yeah. And weird voices. <laughs> what would you think of that, Nancy? Do you remember that? Did oh, absolutely. You ever, yeah? yeah. Absolutely. Was but that I, a favorite I, moment for you? Well, I are we guessing whose favorite moment? I love any time Bob is behind the microphone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hope that uh, you involve him more in the future in some oh, of those he, concerts. Um, I, I want to play one more favorite moment, and then we'll move back to uh, pivot back to summer activities because I want to talk with Nancy about what she's got going on this summer. But this one uh, came to us as a favorite um, from you, Felicia. Oh no! One of I your submitted favorites. lots. This is, where you, and, and you know, it, I guess at the risk of uh, showing off my own occasional stupidity, I'll go ahead and play this one. <laughs> this is the one where I thought that I had a certain artist that you had picked, but it was not. It was a knockoff version. Oh, yeah. You remember that? This is this is where we <laughs> all had to funny. pick like songs. <laughs> See, there's a harp. Thank you, Brad. Okay, Felicia, you're up. <laughs> Oh, I'm let's see so if, nervous. Right let's now. See, you said the beginning of the song was your favorite. Let's see Do you if remember people can. What you uh... picked? There were nights when the wind was so cold. Is that right? No. <laughs> Isn't that Celine Dion? No. That is not Celine Dion. Wait a minute. Zach identified that song. What did you choose? Seconds. Celine Dion. It's yeah, all coming back her. to me. I totally thought it was Celine Dion. All we'll right, to moving on. Cut that one out. <laughs> <laughs> After amazing. 39 Wait, episodes, you can... it's all coming back to me. Isn't that the one that you yeah, said? Yeah, but that's not the voice. That's not the right uh, version. That's not the right version? But yeah. if it said Celine Dion. Oh, it did. It was yeah. labeled. If it's written that way, it has to be true. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was on the internet. <laughs> it has to be true. <laughs> That's why I put the harp in there, so you get an idea when it's, uh, you know, <laughs> when it's safe old to talk. us talking and new <laughs> us talking. Versus current us. It's, yeah. it, it is a little disorienting in the headphones. Uh, yeah. That was great, though. Uh, it was kind and, of fun. And by the way, I hope that you've now learned to love Celine Dion, and you can listen to that that memory and understand how off you were. I still don't get it. I gave you a it. Christmas I, yeah. CD, Brad. Did you listen to it? Oh, you, oh. <laughs> I think I have it back in my office still. Yeah. I mean, I've worn the necktie. my head. <laughs> After 38 episodes, you still can't recognize a great Canadian voice. Uh, <laughs> you know, one, one of my, uh, one of the thoughts that I had, but I couldn't, you know, I just didn't have the, the time to figure this out, was to go through and reference every single time that we knocked Canada, you know, throughout the episodes, because it seemed to have been a regular There's thing. There's a quota. I mean, yeah. ever since you started talking about Blame Canada, I think in two adjacent yeah. episodes, it just, it, it took. My favorite part... <laughs> Was when Merwin, when we were talking about um, 440? A equals yeah. 440, <laughs> and Merwin's like, no, in Canada, it's 440A <laughs> instead of A440. Not, yeah. Nobody is laughing at that except for us. <laughs> That's okay. 440 is the frequency of A that um, orchestras tune to, theoretically. It's always funnier when you explain it. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get back to summer activities now for a few minutes here. Uh, Nancy, I know that... Um, You've got some stuff going on this summer. You want to tell us, tell us all about it. Oh, well, I'll tell you a few things because I always, I, I love summertime for the opportunities to learn new music and make music with friends that are out of our everyday lives. And I do a really wonderful camp, as Zach um, mentioned earlier, that I do in July for my harp students. 
and it is a multi-generational harp camp experience. This will be the fifth year that I've done this. It's at St. Timothy's Episcopal Church under the St. Tim's Discovers um, umbrella, Mm -hmm. and I love the opportunity to have harpists get together and play with one another because we're such a solo instrument and it's really important for students to learn how to play with other instruments. In this case, it's the harp. But um, sometimes I bring in other instruments, but this year is just going to be harp, and it's ages 11 to 86. Wow. I was going to ask the age All range, yeah. ages. All ages and all levels. And, and do they perform then? We have two. We meet um, Monday through Thursday mm-hmm. in the afternoons, depending on the level. Um, you come for two hours or four hours. And then at the end of the week, we have two concerts on Friday, July 20th. One is at 4 p.m. and one is at 7 p.m. And we have two concerts because we can't get everybody into the church for one. It's Mm. a happy problem. So that's what I do locally with my students. And in a couple weeks, I'll be going back to the Curtis Institute of Music where I will be working with Elizabeth Hainan, a former Toledoan. Her father, Fred Hainan, was a violinist with the Toledo Symphony for a long, long time. And Elizabeth is the principal harpist with the Philadelphia Orchestra, and she started a summer program actually many years ago in Saratoga Springs, but three years ago we moved it to Curtis, and my job there is conducting, which is always very humbling, and I love it because it's working with very advanced harpists from this year, China, Europe, and all over the U.S., so I'll be there for a week. Wow, great. And then then I do a music festival in Alfred, New York. So you are busy and traveling. And doing yes, a lot of stuff. so much fun. I want to ask you a question. Uh, you have a lot of experience teaching uh, the harp. And when you think of the harp, I'm, I'm curious, how do young kids get into playing the harp? Because my own experience, you know, at band, they have us try out instruments. Sure. Um, you know, and I went home and, oh, I want to play the clarinet or what have you. But I don't imagine many kids come home and say like, oh, they had harp at, you know, band and I loved it. Not often. Um, there is a large harp presence in Northwest Ohio. Um, But what I have found are two common things that harpists will say is that they feel, I don't don't know how Merwin would feel about this or other of my colleagues, but we feel that the harp chose us. Mm. I really strongly feel that way. It is a romantic instrument. Uh (laughs) Well, yes, it is. Merwin. What what are you saying? Yes, it is. we, We will refer back to that later for moments of your... Um, broadcast, which I did not enjoy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I have forgiven Merwin. (laughs) Oh, I want to hear this story. Okay. I will happily share that story, which was your Valentine's Day program. Oh, yeah. And and I, you know what? I'm the one who put out the harp as like this beautiful romantic music. I'm the, glad that you and Mozart, I agree, right? Nancy. Mozart, uh, harp and flute, right? Yeah. Yes. Now, yeah. I will say that that might not be the most romantic excerpt that could have been chosen, but I do strongly disagree that the harp is not a romantic instrument. W- which so. of us suggested such a terrible idea? My colleague to my right, who would be Merwin. <laughs> the gesture actually really plays well on radio. <laughs> yeah. Which is what my my husband, who used to, do exactly what Brad does. Roger Gravy said, whatever you do, just make sure you 
don't give one word answers or or gesture. Gesture. Right. Yeah. I'm gesturing. <laughs> but I have forgiven Merwin. It is a romantic instrument. It took a long time. Wh- yes. Why Why? Why did you feel, Merwin, that harp is not a romantic I instrument? I think I fixated too much on the flute and harp concerto. Yeah. And I fi- fixated <laughs> too much on the fact that that's kind of more of a family concerto, like kind yeah. of written for people. It was yeah, father-daughter like, or something yeah, like and that. It, yeah. And I kind of mm-hmm. got a little stuck on that yeah. as opposed to the general instrumental. You know, you know what is also a romantic instrument is uh, the viola. As we're about to hear in this little clip from Reed Anderson. See, I'm segueing back into- I like it. Nice into segue. Our favorite, favorite moments from previous episodes. This was our Nutcracker episode and Reed called in with uh, his story about the <laughs> Nutcracker. Let's give it a listen. Is, doesn't that sound romantic? Not that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a war story yeah, unto yeah, itself. I'm, I'm yeah. hearing it already. Hi, my name is Reed Anderson, and I joined the viola section of the Toledo Symphony in 1988. I believe the year was 2004 or 05 when I found myself once again in the pit of the Stranahan Theater playing my viola part in Toledo Ballet's annual performance of Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker. If you have ever looked over the edge of the pit, you'll see there is very little room for the musicians to move, let alone play their instruments. During that year's performance, we were in the middle of the battle scene where the Rat King and his mice minions are fighting the Nutcracker and his toy soldiers. Unbeknownst to me and my stand partner, one of the mice minions twisted the mouse head part of her costume so that she could not see out of the eye holes. still, possibly obstructing the action on the stage, she kept on moving while unable to see and fell into the pit, amazingly missing myself my stand partner, and the cello section sitting directly behind us. Wow. (laughs) I swear there was no more than a 30-inch opening the mouse could fit through without landing directly on someone's head or instrument or chair or stand. This truly was a miracle, in my humble opinion. (laughs) Unfortunately for my viola, the mouse costume caught the bridge of my viola and yanked it so violently that the bridge slid sideways, broke all my strings, and anything attached, like the bridge, tailpiece, and pegs. (laughs) These all went sailing while my bow fell to the floor. (laughs) I was left, sitting there, holding just my viola. (laughs) For the rest of the show. Pluck, 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 pluck. (laughs) Sing your part. You gotta sing your part now. (laughs) Of course, the performance kept going. While many of the musicians on our side of the pit sat completely stunned, fortunately the battle scene occurs just before intermission. So I waited until the music stopped, received help from my colleagues in hunting for my bow and missing pieces, and we all helped each other exit the pit. Obviously, my day was over, yet my viola was basically uninjured following the unexpected arrival of our mouse friend. Long story short, my viola was fine, outside of a couple scratches. My bow was fine, the mouse was fine, and surprisingly, very few people in the audience saw the actual incident. <sighs> I'm glad the mouse was fine. Now, well, I was just going to say, we, we haven't mentioned the mouse. Music, my stand partner and I cautiously look up in the air and smile at each other. True story. True story. As a side note, the mouse did not survive. <laughs> <laughs> Viola is fine. It's still usable. (laughs) 
we have so many mice, though. You know, yeah, which one is it? You know, yeah, you know, just send in the next one. <laughs> next, <laughs> yeah, next, next rodent. That was that was uh, Michael Lang. who was our guest. He was so yes. fun to work with in that episode. Yeah, I laughed so hard at him. He was great. Should Wait, I play another uh, excerpt? Well, Nancy, were you in the pit for that performance? It happened six feet in front of me. Wow. And I, and I have a, when it happened, I'm resting for about 14 measures and saw it happening. And we were uh. all, nobody could do anything. Those of us who could see it happen, he thought, no, this isn't <laughs> happening. Yes, it is happening. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you can verify that it actually oh, it happened. Oh, it is. It absolutely happened. As, as Reed said it. Yeah. What was strange was that as Reed referred to it, um, all the violin, all the strings knew something had happened because we all stopped playing. <laughs> and but the brass and winds on the other side of the pit, everybody just kept going, and it, there was we recovered. Poor Reed just sat there, but it was a very strange moment. <laughs> With his broken viola. <laughs> And a stunned look on his face. I bet. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I picked up another sound effect from that one too. The uh, <laughs> the Wilhelm scream, <laughs> which is a famous uh, Hollywood scream. You hear That's that in great. a lot of movies. Yeah. So I figured it had an appropriate place here. Uh, well, the the next clip that I have um, that was a favorite was the one when we had Janet Amid come in, mm. and she ended up doing two episodes: <laughs> the astrologer. And she did Gustav Holst's chart, she did Richard Strauss's chart, and she did all of our charts, <laughs> right, where she talked about us. Did you catch that one, Nancy? No, I did not. You didn't hear that one? This is, an, I've had to edit this down quite a bit, but um, this gets the, the gist across of, of what she did with us. Well, being a Sagittarius, um, you're not a typical Sag because you're now coming into a new direction of your life. It's going to be pretty favorable. But I'll see you. I do see you making some changes this year. Uh, A a career change? Not career, but work related (laughs) issues. Like maybe, maybe. Nice knowing you. I I think this is a this is temporary for you, Felicia. You're born under the sign of Aries, but you're not a typical Aries because your emotional sign is Cancer. The Moon sign rules who we are inside our heart, and so the Moon is who we are, and because it's in the sign of cancer, there's a lot of sensitivity with you. And you put a lot of passion into your job. You're good at what you do. Oh, you really thank are. Thank you. Did you hear that, Zach? <laughs> Merwin, you are, you are born under the sign of Aquarius, which is significant with what you do for a living. Um, you have creative genius. And I'm not just saying that to make you feel, but I, you That's have. That's what I say all the time, actually. You have a genius. You, you have a very old soul vibration to me. And I usually, and I looked at this and I went, holy moly. I mean, you, you have capabilities of doing anything, teaching, directing, composing. You have all that in here. Now, now wait a minute. I'm, I'm sorry, but I thought we were talking about me. <laughs> we already figured out you have stomach issues. Okay. Roman's a genius. Felicia and Zach have amazing and career have opportunities, gas. and I have chaos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, the more you know. <laughs> I think she was spot on. What do you think? Absolutely. She had us all nailed in that one. She was a hoot. She yeah. was a hoot to work with. Nancy's just shaking her head. Stomach issues? <laughs> I, well, that could mean anything, you know? Yes, I think doing these shows, probably. <laughs> okay, well, we're down to our final 
Our, our final magic moment. Does this make it the season. most magical moment? This of the is entire the most season? magical moment of the entire Why season. I heard from people after listening to this podcast from all over the country, actually, um, talking about how funny it was and that they listened to it several times. I actually heard from several different people of different walks of life who, who thought that this was hilarious. And this is the episode. Felicia already knows what it is. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> This is <laughs> this is it. It's okay. You don't have to say anything because I have I you have saying no stuff on here. Um, this is the one that we did about Schubert. Did you hear the the episode we did about Schubert, Nancy? Well, I thought I did, but I'm trying to think. I'll, I'll know in a minute. Well, in the the Schubert episode, because Schubert had a habit of um, pulling out a comb and a tissue paper oh, yes. and like you know humming his kazooing his way through some of his pieces. It was a party trick of his. Yes. So we had a challenge where we would have to play the kazoo to finish out a a, a song, right? So it was just a, like a little a little kazoo quiz, and um, here's what happened. <laughs> Here's an example. Listen to see if you know this one. So. <laughs> I will never be able right? to respond to any of see, these. No, we'll try it. Try to play it. Wait. <laughs> We're going to start with you, Felicia. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You ready? This should be pretty easy. Here's your, here's your clue. Anticipation. What comes next? On the kazoo? On the kazoo, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, Just try it. Mm. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> do you know this song? <clears throat> okay, you can do it. Oh. <laughs> oh, what are we gonna do? We're gonna have to. Oh, we have to take a break and come back and finish. <laughs> I think I've listened to that a few times. <laughs> it so kills me every time. We're just crying in here. I, you know, I hope this isn't the case of where Zach and I think that it's so funny and everybody else thinks it, you know it's not as funny. It is I very just, cruel. I just it's kept thinking. Poor Felicia. <laughs> I, I think I need a support group after, <laughs> after that traumatic experience. <sighs> it's it, it, oh, it part, part of it was the anticipation of the beautiful yeah. music that was supposed to come, and then <laughs> <laughs> the sort of wispy hiss of a kazoo. <laughs> Wispy Hiss. That's like a great stage name. <laughs> Hello. It's a band, I think. Yeah. Wispy Hiss. No, that's a kazoo band. Yeah. It's a kazoo band, and none of them can play the kazoo. Oh, my gosh. I am sorry, Felicia, for laughing at you for an entire season, but I love oh. that we have that on tape. That's okay. Well, I am taking note is. of who's laughing the hardest, so... Watch out, people. I'm kidding. Merwin hasn't laughed at all. <laughs> He's afraid. <laughs> and I clearly don't have a good guilty complex yeah. here because I still have tears coming down my face. I don't have to see you at work every day, so <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Well, uh, look at the time. That's about all the time that we have. And uh, 
that's all the time that we have for this season of Toledo Symphony Lab. It's been a lot of fun. I look forward to our next encounter with this program. You know, when the the Malone family came to us with this estate gift from their mother, Barbara Garwood, uh, they challenged us to do something that we hadn't done and probably would not have done, and they wanted it to have something to do with media. And this has been such a treat to explore this, and I don't know that going into this we would have expected it to be as informative and wonderful as it's been. I just want to say thank you. I mean, you've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into hosting and certainly editing this program, <laughs> but uh, yeah. thank you for taking a leap of faith with us to make oh, this happen. Well, it's been so much fun to do this, and I hope that listeners have enjoyed it as well. We want to let you know that Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab or subscribing via Apple Podcasts or Google Play. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.